Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. When it comes to self-love, where are you giving yourself gratitude and trust? And where are you allowing yourself to expand in your emotional body and maybe even bringing in some other elements? Stay tuned as we're going to talk all about that on this week's Sensual Power Podcast. Welcome back to the Sensual Power Podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader, and today we are going to dive more into self-love And in particular, talking about how gratitude and trust plays into that and also making space within your emotional body for self-love, which includes allowing all of your emotions to show up. So let's dive right into this. Now, last week, I let loose a meditation that I offer to clients and do with clients on a regular basis on self-trust. So just a little note, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back at some point after you've listened to this episode and use it and bookmark it because it's a free meditation. I use it with all of my clients, so you're welcome to it. And if you like it, I have plenty more that you can actually purchase as well. Now, talking about self-love. When we hear about self-love, One of the things that instantly comes up to me, and this is being somebody that is trauma-centered, trained in trauma, as well as somatic healing, and also does sacred sexuality work and trained in that, is trust. So trust is something that I think when we talk about self-love, I don't see it talked about as often and also gratitude like and when I talk about gratitude I mean self-gratitude we hear a lot about gratitude and giving gratitude and how wonderful of a practice it is and we should be grateful for the things and people that we have in our lives the opportunities we have because it brings more in and it absolutely does but there's an element that I see that is often missing and it's that self-gratitude And then again, when we talk about self-love, a lot of times I see that we are connecting that to self-care practices. And I want to just take a moment and illustrate that there is a difference between self-care practices and self-love. Self-care practices are great. I am a firm believer in setting up self-care routines and practices. I use them in my daily life, in my weekly life. And whenever I am in a space of feeling hella triggered or traumatized or in healing or just when I want them, right? And those are all action-based things, right? 
those are all activities that we do or ways that we maybe set a boundary, right? They're very action-based. Whereas self-love itself, right, is a state of being. It is about being in love with yourself. And I guarantee right now, I know somebody is listening to this and already feeling a little bit triggered, feeling like, no, that's conceited. Because we all get told that along the way by somebody that it's conceited to love yourself, right? To really be deeply in love with yourself. I've heard it. I know plenty of people that have heard it and know plenty of clients that feel a little bit icky and little bit prickly when I bring up being in love with themselves because again we're we're often taught that that is bad that that is conceited that makes us selfish and egotistical and egocentric and again this is one of those issues within pop culture where we we do we tap into things like psych and we throw out terms without really expressing Explaining and expressing what the actual definitions of those are. Being in love with yourself does not mean that you don't see your flaws or the areas of yourself that maybe aren't as desirable or maybe without needing some work and some healing, right? Self-love means and being in love with yourself means seeing all of that and saying and I love all of it and I can make space for all of it because it's all a part of who I am there's nothing conceited about that there's nothing egotistical about that or egocentric because when you can love yourself from that space you have an ability to give that same type of love to somebody else where you can look at them and say I see all of you Even the things I don't like so much sometimes or don't like all the time, right? And I can still see that as being a part of you and embrace it. There may need to be a boundary set around it. There may need to be some work done around it. But I can still love all of you, right? So that is self-love. Self-love is this radical act. And the reason I use the term radical self-love is because it is a radical act of accepting and embracing all parts of yourself and integrating them in to the authentic person that you are. It's allowing them to show up and be a part of your authentic self. That's a beautiful thing to live in. And it allows actually a lot more wiggle room than a lot of the definitions I see of self-love out there. Where it is all about like, you know, words of affirmation that highlight the, the fun and the sparkly and shiny parts of ourselves. And don't get me wrong, we should do that. And, and that is beautiful. And... What a lot of people miss from that, what happens to a lot of people, is there's this issue that comes up where they feel less than, right? They feel like, okay, I'm going to keep doing these affirmations of 
love. I'm going to post these things. I'm going to try these practices. And yet they still just don't feel great about themselves or something will go wrong. A pattern will come up. A block will come up, right? Some kind of trigger will get hit on and it completely throws them off because they'll be like, I thought I'd move past this. I've been doing all these affirmations. I've been doing all these things. And keep in mind, been there, done that, right? I remember in my early 20s doing shit like that. Um, and just, <laughs> it would wreck me. And I couldn't figure out why I would go through these big spirals where everything would be great. I would feel amazing about myself. Be so focused on how awesome I was as a person and the things I was doing and the awesome parts of myself. And then something would happen, a trigger, right? And as often happens for many of us, is usually in a relationship. And my whole self-image was destroyed. <laughs> right? And I felt like shit about myself again. That is not self-love. That is not the type of self-love that I am advocating for or talking about. And honestly, I cannot stand coaches or mentors or speakers that only focus on that aspect because they're doing you a disservice. They're not allowing you to be a human being that has human experiences and makes human mistakes. They're not accounting for traumas. There are a lot of very, very well-known coaches out there. And I have had the displeasure of working with one extremely well-known coach who loves to tout this idea that we are all the cause of all of our traumas that he he literally will say often that we have caused everything in our lives we have called it in that is a toxic and harsh message the truth is we do not call in our traumas our oppressions Nobody deserves or comes into this world being like, yes, please oppress me. Please hurt me. Please assault me. Please damage me. We do not call in that. That is a result of collective suffering. And other people being in their own shit and doing horrible things to other people as a result of it. So when I hear that type of self-love, it just, again, it, it infuriates me. And I have to st step back and be like, that is not what I'm teaching in this world. Their message doesn't matter, right? But also it pisses me off. Just real talk, it does. When you actually step into radical self-love, and you make space for the fact that you have parts of yourself that aren't as shiny and sparkly. Where you have traumas that you have been through and triggers. And sometimes those things get reactivated. Or sometimes, you know, I've had clients' experiences, I've experienced it myself, where you think you've gotten through a certain trigger that comes up in relationships or a certain pattern in relationships that's really toxic. And then all of a sudden you're in a new relationship and somewhere down the line, whoops, 
another part of that came up. And it's so easy to feel disappointed and upset with yourself and angry with yourself because of that. Because truthfully, those things are going to happen. And when you don't give yourself space to have those human experiences, you're not actually loving yourself. Not to the fullness that you can. You can see those moments and say, this happened and it's okay. It's not okay that it happened, but it's okay that this experience caused me to feel some kind of way. It's, ex- it's acceptable that I had a response that wasn't in my highest self at that moment. And now I can do whatever is necessary to move through that and in some cases do better the next time, right? You make a mistake, right? Doesn't need to to suddenly mean that we're a bad person. Very few people in this world are just inherently bad. They have things about them that are not great or that are bad and yet there can still be space for them to have really great qualities and be great people outside of that and still do work on that, right? That's true of all of us. So when you are in self-love and radical self-love, you're allowing for all of that to take up space. And part of getting to that level is learning to trust yourself. To trust how you show up in this world, to trust how you experience it, and to trust your own intuition. This takes practice too. Keep in mind, like this is going to take a lot of work because a lot of us, unfortunately, did not learn early on or maybe something happened that changed our understanding or our relationship to self-trust and we need to build up the muscle. We have to train ourselves to be in self-trust. But when you can start trusting yourself, you can start tapping into your intuitive body. And that's something that we all have. Like, (laughs) I kind of hate when people use the term that, oh, I'm intuitive, I'm empathic. Because the reality is we all are to certain degrees. Some of us, that skill is more heightened. I personally happen to be extremely intuitive and tapped into my intuitive body and extremely empathic. It's a muscle. I have exercised it. I have also grown up with family that have had that skill and taught me how to be tapped into that skill. I also have family that (laughs) wanted me to have no part of that skill, right? That made it wrong. It was too emotional. They know what I was talking about, right? We all have those experiences. So a lot of us, we struggle with really trusting ourselves, trusting our inner knowing, our inner voice, the highest part of ourselves that is always in alignment with what is in our greatest good. And not just our greatest good, but the the good of all who are around us. Again, I made a meditation that I give to clients for this. So please go and listen to that after this is done. Use it as often as you need. 
because again, it's a skill, you have to build it up. So one of the two ways that I like to do this first is listing. This is a very action-based step. So take it, use it daily. I like to at least do this for a month straight just because it really sinks in what we're doing with this, right? And really sinks in the lesson here. If you're not in a habit of trusting yourself, if that feels scary and you don't really know how to listen to that inner voice that is going to key you to this person is not right for you or you should take that opportunity. I know it's going to be good or your partner actually does love you. This is just trauma coming up right now and you can work with that, right? We have to build up the muscle of learning to listen to that voice. And part of doing that is seeing where we can be in trust with ourselves already. So once you notice that, right, what we bring our focus to and our attention to, we tend to seek more of it. This is just how we are as human beings. Um, you can use the car analogy. Like if you were driving down the street and you decided you only want to see and notice yellow cars. Within the next, you know, 10, 20 minutes or however long your drive is, you're going to find every yellow car that is driving past you because you're looking for it, because you're noticing it, right? So what you do is daily make a list of ways that you trusted yourself, either that day if you're doing it like before bed or at the end of your day. Or if you're doing it when you wake up in the morning, the, how you trusted yourself the day before. And don't make this hard, right? You want to keep this real simple. So think of ways that you trusted yourself throughout your day that are simple, right? Maybe you had to go to the bathroom and you knew it. So you trusted yourself to pause whatever you were doing and get up and go to the bathroom. Maybe you could tell you were thirsty and you decided to pause what you were doing and drink some water. Maybe you had an inkling that the sidewalks are gonna be really slippery that day because of snow, which is very true for where I am right now. So, so maybe you trusted to put on your extra grippy snow boots because you had a feeling it might be a little bit slippery on your walk to your car, to work, to wherever, right? These are all small ways that you trust yourself every day. And there can be bigger things too, right? So start with the small. Just notice ways that you trusted yourself. And it's not just in action steps, but maybe you were asked what you wanted to eat. And instead of saying, I don't care, even though you had something in your head that you wanted, you told your partner, I want pizza tonight. I'm a little exhausted and overwhelmed and I just don't have it in me to cook. Is that okay? And your pizza was like, or your partner was like, see, now I'm thinking about pizza. Um, your partner was like, yeah, sure. Let's get pizza. That is an act of trust. And not only is it an act of trust, but then take a step back and look at the ways that worked right? We have to build it up. We have to understand 
and we'll be able to see all the ways that we step into trust every day so that way we can keep looking for ways to trust trusting ourselves. And I know that sounds (laughs) very abstract, but you do have to learn to trust trusting yourself, right? And you do that by seeing where you already have. So that's step one. The next step is you have to make it feel really good to trust yourself, which means you have to start listening to your emotional body and your physical body. Start tapping in. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of this exercise. So I definitely recommend pausing, grabbing some paper and pen so you can actually jot down notes of how to do this. Okay, so here's how you get into a state of self-trust or starting to connect to your body. You need to start by giving yourself some quiet space just so that you can really focus in on you. If you're a person that can be easily distracted by things, maybe try doing this in a space that's not super distracting, that there's not a lot of outside stimulus that can make it hard for you to focus in on your thoughts and getting quiet. So how I like to do this is I set up my space. I have a journal next to me so that I can jot down anything after. And I just like to start by getting into some slow breathing. Now, I could give you the exact pacing and type of breathing. But again, because this is about trusting yourself, you're going to tap in and just notice what type of breathing feels good to you. If you can deepen your breath, if you can slow it down, especially the exhales, go for it. If it starts to make you feel anxious to do that, don't do that. Keep your breath a little bit lighter, a little bit quicker, right? And when I say quick, I don't mean like a, I mean, instead of like trying to count to 10 on an inhale, Maybe you just try a count of two, right? Start slow. So that way you train yourself to trust what your body can actually handle in that moment. And then explore trusting how you position your body, right? You want to feel relaxed but you also want to feel like you can really tune in. So you don't want to get so relaxed that you just fall asleep. And if it happens, give yourself a little compassion for that. We've all fallen asleep in a meditation many times. I've seen it happen way often, right? But just check in. How, how am I positioning myself? How am I breathing, right? Do I want a blanket on my body? Do I want pillows next to me? Do I need to support my neck? Do I need to stretch anything out? Do I need to massage anything that feels tight or uncomfortable? Do I need to breathe into any spaces in my body that feel like antsy? I need some calming, right? You're going to start with that. And then just start noticing what sensations and feelings you have in your body more deeply. Right? Do you feel a little pain point 
in your right side sciatica. I'm saying this because I'm actually feeling that right now. So after this, I am trusting my body when it says you should go stretch that out. Do you feel that, right? Do you feel pain there? Do you feel like your leg is positioned in a way that's causing it to tingle, right? Do you notice any tension in your chest? Do you notice tingling in your belly? Just start paying attention to what you notice. What you're doing is tuning into your body so that it will actually start talking to you. And no, I don't mean there's going to be some grand voice from beyond, but you'll hear something within yourself. You've got to give it space to do that. Again, so many of us live our lives out of trust with ourselves and so many of us live our lives disconnected from our bodies. We don't even notice what we feel most of the time. I know so many clients and so many women and, and people, honestly, that if I were to ask them, can you tell me when you actually need to go to the bathroom when you need to go? A lot of them would be confused by that because we're in the habit of doing things like waiting forever until our bladder is about to expo explode and we're burning or like... You'll be working and you don't even realize you're fucking dehydrated until like you start getting headaches or just feeling shitty. And it's like, oh, I haven't drank water for like eight hours. That might be a problem, right? So learning just to slow down and just pay attention to what is going on in your body is profound because you're, if you can do that, you can actually start figuring out what's there and coming back to yourself, to your intuitive body, to your knowing, to your emotions, making space for it all helps guide us in our daily life. You know, we've all had those moments where you met somebody and something just kind of felt off about them, right? You couldn't put your finger on it, couldn't pinpoint it, but you knew something was wrong. And then give it a little time and you find out something like really shitty about that person. Your intuition's there. It's always there. It's always firing. It's just a matter of are you connecting to it? Are you actually like listening to it when it's screaming at you? Yo, I am talking right now. I got some info for you, right? So slow down. And then from that slow down, start asking the question, what do I need right now? What do I desire? How can I be in trust with myself more? What do I need to do? What space do I need to create? What, what is needed for me to be in more trust? You'll be surprised what starts coming up. And it might not be right away, but it'll get there. Then see, can you call in your highest self? We all have a highest self. It's the part of us that is connected to universe, source, God, what goddess, whatever fucking entity or name you want to give it. <laughs> it's, it's all the same. 
whatever it is, we all have, we are all connected to that and we all have an ability to connect to the part of us that is completely tapped into that. It's that North Star, that greatest good, right? So see if you can connect to that. And again, you might not notice like some grand image of this being outside of yourself, right? There may be just a sense of something. There may be a color, an image of something. There may be just a voice there. Or again, it might just be a sensation. But see if you can ask that to show up and see by asking, what do I need to know to trust you? What do I need to do to be in more trust with you? And again, just take time to notice. You can do it for that. And you can also do it directly with universe, with source, with whatever it is. What do I need to do to be in more trust? What do I need to do to be more trusting? How can I be tapped in to more trust with you, with myself, right? Again, the answers are all within. They're all always there. It's just about actually quieting down and tuning into them. Make that a regular practice. And again, it might not, you know, you might not notice any big results first. It might just all be quiet. And sometimes that's true. A lot of my clients that have been through pretty massive trauma they actually struggle quite a bit with connecting to their bodies, feeling sensation, hearing that inner voice. And it takes time because, again, a lot of us have had experiences where we've gone so far away from that and that's felt so scary and so unsafe that it's going to take time to get there. So there's the self-trust piece. Now let's talk about gratitude. Because this plays in with it and it's a great add-on practice. So again, when we hear about gratitude, we hear a lot about giving gratitude to the people, the things, the opportunities to bring more of that in. And again, not negating that. Those are all wonderful practices. And as somebody that works on gratitude daily, I have definitely seen if I give gratitude for receiving an unexpected $2, damn sure at some point... (laughs) there's going to be more coming pretty quickly after that because I'm taking the moments to just be fully celebratory and fully in gratitude of those things. But again, what I don't see us talk about enough is self-gratitude, right? And I find for a lot of people when they start a gratitude practice, like, again, I am all for taking time daily, whether first thing in the morning at the end of your day or even midday like this is the other thing there is no right or wrong time to do practices there's no right or wrong way a lot of people like to put out there this is the best way this is the way that's going to bring you the most success well that may work for your life but it may not work for mine (laughs) that is true um i remember hearing tons of messages and again there are certain coaches speakers, whatever in this world, but oh, they're like the get up by 5 a.m. workout, do your meditation routine, do your journaling. And it's like, 
three hours of a practice before stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that may work for you because you're a single white man who has no children, (laughs) no partner, and you also have a lot of help from people, right? It's usually those ones that are speaking this. And that doesn't work for me. The single mother that, you know, middle class, growing up, lower class. Like, I I just couldn't do things that way. One, 5 a.m. is nighttime to me. Okay, I don't operate at 5 a.m. Never have, never will. Um, it's just not me. So my practices looked different. And as my daughter was growing up and I was starting to do practices more, I couldn't carve out three, four hours a day of doing self-work. That just wasn't realistic. I could carve out a couple minutes at a time, maybe 10, 20 minutes at a time for an hour in my day, maybe a half an hour sometimes, right? Just getting it in where I could. And that was enough for me. So that's one thing I want to note too. Make sure you're doing these things. This is another act of trusting in ways that they fit your life and yourself. Otherwise, it won't feel good and you'll stop doing it within like a couple days. Now, with the gratitude piece, again, I am all for jotting down things that you're grateful for. That can be one thing and you can elaborate on it. That can be a couple things. I usually just try to give myself four to five things a day that I'm really grateful for that day and that works for me, right? But the one piece of this, the one thing that we miss out on a lot is that self piece. And I find for a lot of people when they start these gratitude practices and they're like, I'm doing it, but like, I don't feel like I feel grateful. Like I don't feel it. My first question is, are you giving yourself any gratitude? And a lot of times there's some confusion because again, we're not taught about that often. And then there's this admission of no, (laughs) like, what do you mean? How do I do that? When you can't even connect to feeling grateful for yourself, it's really hard to extend that gratitude into other people and things and opportunities and such. Like you can do it to a certain level, but it just doesn't have the same impact as being in this space of really deep gratitude, really deep celebration. And we get that when we can also give it to ourselves. So sit down at some point and just really think about what are things that you have accomplished in your life? What are things that you've overcome? What are things that you've worked through? What are things that maybe you're not super proud of yourself for, but they make up who you are? What, have your, what are qualities of yourself do you have? What ways are you lacking in feeling good about yourself that maybe you should actually spend some time giving gratitude for yourself or to lessen the amount of shame or guilt or whatever is coming up in those ways? 
one of my personal um, gratitudes was really learning to give myself gratitude for the ways I acknowledged when I wasn't being a good mom. When I was snapping at her needlessly, when I was not giving her space to lean into my support as much as I could have because I felt like I didn't deserve to. Those are things that brought about a lot of shame for me and there was no way that feeling more shame was going to make that change, right? All I was going to do is just keep being like, see, I'm a shitty mom or I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad person. So I don't get to have this level of happiness, success or whatever in my life because of that thing that happened when she was like seven years old, right? That's, it's not about being like, oh, I'm going to, you know, not take responsibility for that. But what it is about is learning to hold a lot of compassion, a lot of love, and give yourself gratitude for acknowledging those things, for the lessons you're learning from them now. Because when you can do that, you can actually go back and do any repair work that's needed. That That is literally what I have done to be able to look at her and say, you remember that time period where mommy was just kind of always angry and you were going through some stuff and I just I wasn't super supportive. It was because I was hurting so much and I felt so undeserving of you and I felt so frustrated with life and with myself and I wasn't able to hold you in the best space and I'm sorry. And what can I do to repair that? And of course, my daughter being the way she is, she's like, it's all Gucci. That was in the past. I've talked about it in therapy. And you've been a great mom since then, you know. But, like, I gave her the opportunity to say, this is what you can do for me. I've said to her, "You, if you need to have, like, an all-out you know, dumping, I am available for that now. I can hold space for that. I I can allow for that because I've done the work within myself. I've given myself the love. I've given myself the compassion. I've been in gratitude for what I've acknowledged and how I've improved and how I've moved through those parts and for the understanding of of what I needed to do better in those moments and I can hold that when you can give yourself gratitude and love in those moments the gratitude and love just keeps growing and what it does is allow you to also hold again more love more gratitude more trust for other people whether that's receiving or giving you let people show up As they are authentically when you do that. So if you feel like, yeah, yeah, I've heard about all the gratitude work and I don't know, it just doesn't really do much for me. Try focusing first on that self-gratitude 
Again, sit down and really make a long list that you can utilize and go back to anytime you're just feeling really down on yourself. Um, I use this a lot too when I, again, CPTSD. So there can be a lot of thoughts that pop up for myself or anyone that has similar issues of feeling not enough, feeling worthless, feeling bad. So in those moments, I can go back to that list and be like, okay, yeah, I remember all these things. I know all these things. And I can take some time to just pour love into myself in those moments. And then on a daily basis, if I am making a gratitude list, I try to make sure at least something in there is related to self-gratitude. It doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter how big or small it seems, just find something. I promise that will start to shift it. And again, if you have struggled with gratitude practices in the past, try it. See how that shifts it for you. See what that does for you. Give yourself as much gratitude as you can for all of the things Work on the self-trust piece and I promise the levels of radical self-love that you'll start feeling are going to change and transform immensely. If you're feeling like you want support with this, I have several ways to get that through me. So I have a monthly membership. We are talking all about self-love this month and we do vulva owner practices so my membership is for vulva owners but they're all related to sacred sexuality i have some meditation bundles some practice bundles that are able to be purchased and i have some group courses that are coming up too so there's a lot there there's all the goodness i highly recommend you look into it check it all out and if nothing else, again, keep using the work, bookmark this, go and listen to the other meditation on this podcast, send it to somebody that you feel like could really use it, and let me know your thoughts. Send me a review, send me any questions, there's links in the description of this podcast and ways to communicate with me, so I would love to hear from you.